agents that prospect five plus hours a week make more than $200,000 a year. For the majority of my life, I have been passionate and dedicated about changing lives and growing businesses through synthesizing from the very best their strategies, their tactics, their mindset techniques to help you and your business grow. Join me as we take it to the next level. Welcome to The Tom Ferry Show. How are you doing aligning your behaviors? I hope you're paying attention. I hope you're on track. If this is the first time you're watching The Tom Ferry Show, highly encourage you to go back to the very beginning and start over and go all the way through. If you're watching and you're always with me, check it out. Today, we're gonna talk about inconsistent prospecting because by far this was like the standout, right? Agents that prospect five plus hours a week make more than $200,000 a year, right? So across the board, 3,000 people, everybody that was prospecting five hours a week making $200,000 a year. So if you're sitting here thinking like, well, why should I get this prospecting thing right? Well, let's just start with the blinding flash of the obvious. Agents that are doing more than five hours a week are making $200,000 plus, plus, plus. And I thought one of the other interesting insights inside the survey regarding lead follow-up, by the way, was agents, it, it was really fun in the survey. You either follow up on leads three times or five times, not four, not two, three times or five times. I mean, it was like that obvious. And then when you got deeper into the people that were following up three times, they earned dramatically less than the agents that were following up on a lead five times. Does that surprise you at all? If you're one of those people that only follows up on a lead three times, the instant impact you can make to your income, not just now, but over the course of your career, by just following up two more times, right, is a big, it was a, it was a monstrous difference between the income, the GCI between those two. 48% of the people doing only one open house a month. I thought that was startling, right? So lots of detail we'll be sharing, but let's get into this. Like, Let's just be honest. If we can solve just this today and get you on the right routines, the right behaviors to make this no longer a factor, I mean, let's face it, this could be your last Tom Ferry show. Like, you're healed. You with me on this? Because once this is right, everything else in business in terms of sales and marketing becomes a little more effortless when you've got this one down. So, so why do people struggle? Let's take a look at the list. When we, when we went a little deeper, this is what we heard, right? We haven't decided who to call. So remember when we were doing our business plan in October, November, December, a big part of that is that page, I think it's uh, section three of the business plan, where you look at all the different lead sources you can go after. And if you remember, the core four are first and foremost your database, right? The people that you know, the people that you've been you know, nurturing, et cetera. The second group, of course, is your geographic farm. The third one is your open houses. And the fourth one is your online lead generation, you know, acquiring leads. Those core four. So it was interesting to see, Mark, how many times we saw, you know, we, we don't really know who to call. Like so, and I think some of that is maybe, I don't know who to call today. Is it the right timing? But there's no doubt that this was a major factor. This showed up all over the survey. Look at the second one. We don't know what to say. Now, you and I both know that's just fear of rejection. What if I call Taz and I say the wrong thing? Or Sarah says no to me. What if one of my friends in my sphere, I call them and say, hey, have you had any thoughts of selling? And they think that I'm desperate, right? So, so we get into our head, and we're gonna touch on that one big time. Um, this one stops a lot of people, right? 
And it's that fear of, of rejection, fear of the no, that like we talked about in the last episode, we're always six moves from death and dying in every action that we take. I should call my database. What if they reject me? If they reject me, I'm not gonna feel good. If I don't feel good, I'm not gonna perform good. If I don't perform good, then I'm not gonna make any money. If I don't make any money, I'm not gonna eat and then I'm gonna die, right? So the reality is, those two stop people every single day. But look at number three, lack of a plan. How many and how often? It was interesting in the survey to see the number of people that were talking about, like, I kind of know who to call, but I struggle with like frequency. They were, they were a little more quanti uh, quantitative than qualitative. They were, they were really trying to figure out the analytical detail, the right time to call versus like the feeling of why they should call. Number four was a big one. My environment isn't set up. So think about it like, do I have a headset? You know, one of these, you know, can I stand like this? Open up my laptop. Is it clean? Is it organized? Are my leads in front of me? You know, your environment needs to be right. We know that. But this was the standout. Number five, my personal psychology isn't aligned to prospecting. So I was really thinking about this show and thinking about, um, Again, like if I could wave a magic wand, right, and really assist you in altering or changing or stopping this, this fear of the phone once and for all and get you to become consistent with your prospecting. And remember, you know me, I don't care who you prospect. I mean, just follow up on your darn leads. You with me on this? Or respond to the emails or the Zillow leads that you're buying or the Boomtown leads that you're getting or call your database. I, I'm not attached to that. But what I know is this, we're in sales and our job is to talk to people every single day about buying and selling real estate and to try and identify people that want to sell and get them with people that buy and put them together and don't say anything too stupid and deals get done. It's a huge part of our business and I really believe that it's, it's one of the biggest reasons why we've got an 87% failure rate every five years and then when you look at the people that are crushing it, they just have the right psychology. So it really got me thinking, you know, it's like um, information isn't enough. See. You look at all of these, and this is like, well, like, I, I need more information. Who should I call? Like, if I had the right information, then I'd make the phone calls. If I have the right script in front of me, information, then I wouldn't be afraid anymore. If I, if I knew who to call and when to call, it's all information. And it really gets me thinking, like, I'm sorry, I'm talking to my buddy Mark over here with you. Um, information isn't the solution. I mean, think, think about it. Like, if information solved the problem, then I, uh, you could hand a, an alcoholic, an Alcoholics Anonymous CD or pamphlet, go, here, you're healed, you're no longer an alcoholic. Does that work? I don't think so, because information isn't enough. Where we struggle, my friends, is when our psychology isn't aligned. I can hand you the CD, but if your psychology isn't aligned and ready to make those decisions, what's going on up here? Remember, your psychology is your self-talk, what you say to yourself about yourself and other people, right? The 40,000 to 60,000 thoughts you have every single day, that's your self-talk, right? It's the language of your life. It's what you're constantly affirming, whether it's positive, neutral, or negative, in your head. I mean, listen, your head is a scary place to be. If you're not intentionally defining your language, correcting your language, keeping your language focused on what it is that you want, we know what happens. It's so easy to get into a downward spiral. So your psychology first is your self-talk. It's constantly having to stop yourself and say, wait a minute, I can do this. I am the best. I got this, right? You know, I'm a lean, mean listening machine. I'm a great appointment setter. I'm an excellent prospector. And, and I know for some of us that feels weird, but I, you know, I always think like, like, 
lesser of two evils, right? Yeah, that might feel weird, but what feels more weird? Being broke, not having any business, having constant worry and doubt and fear and cynicism and people that don't believe in you anymore because you make these promises and you don't follow through and you don't make any money selling real estate. Like what feels more weird to you? Doing affirmations or being this person? I don't know about you, but I'll take this weird guy over that weird guy. How about you? You with me? So self-talk's a big part of it. The second one is your focus. Hey, it's Tom. If you've been listening to me for a while, you've heard me say repeatedly over and over again, we are living in the review economy. That's right, consumers are making decisions based upon reviews. With that said, I'm looking to get this podcast into the minds of more amazing people just like you. You can help. Would you go to Apple Podcasts and write a review? Tell them what you think. Hey, one star, five stars, make up your own number of stars. Totally fine by me, but please, Go to Apple Podcast and write a review. It means the world to me. Thanks in advance. Now, let's get back to the show. Where we put our focus and concentration. Now, similar to your language, this is about the questions that we ask ourselves, right? What do I need to do today, right? Um, what's going on in my world today? How can I make a difference today? All the questions that you ask determine the focus that you have. Does that make sense? So if you ask yourself a better quality question, you get a better result. So if I ask myself, how can I call these customers today and impact them in a positive way? Whether they choose to do business with me today or never, it's okay. I want to touch them and have them just know that I'm the best agent in the marketplace and if they ever want to buy and sell, so how am I going to do that? Well, I'm going to be positive. I'm going to smile on the phone. I'm going to really listen intently for where they're at. If you ask yourself a great question, you alter your psychology. Does that make sense? And then, of course, we know the last one is your physiology, the way you move your body, right? So, you know, if you're like this, like, oh, oh, ah, 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 you're screwed before you even start. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know what everybody needs? You know what we need? Taz, we need capes, right? Like Superman, like Superwoman. Dun, 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 dun. Remember the Tom Ferry show I did on Be Super You, right? The reality is the way you move your body alters your psychology. So, you know, if you stand like this, oh, it's not really powerful for getting on the phone, but if you stand like this, right? If you stand like this, if you would make a goofy, silly smile on your face and you go, I love getting on the phone. I'm a lead meet appointment setting machine. This hour right now, baby, is the game changer. Doing this every day. This is how I make my money. This is how I solve problems. This is how I'm going to retire in style, baby. Right now, this hour, let's go getting all that going for you is going to alter your psychology. So I want to just stress to you, I wrote down iOS versus DOS. This really, this is the blueprint that's going on inside your head. This is why we don't prospect. It's what's going on up here. And I think some of us, what happens is we're operating like on DOS versus iOS. Are you with me? Like some of you that are under 30 will have to Google what DOS is because um, you know iOS, you know Leopard and all the, you know, whatever new, you know, DOS-based operating software for your brain. What is the operating software for your brain when it comes to prospecting? Have you conditioned everything you need to do, be, know, and have to be extraordinary here? Or are you still operating in DOS, which would be like saying, one time I prospected a long time ago and someone rejected me and therefore I don't anymore. Kind of like when I was four, a dog bit me and now I'm 50 and I'm still afraid of dogs. You with me on that? Like, that's a pattern that human beings operate in all the time, mostly not even aware of it. So iOS versus DOS, how do we make that transition? Let's talk about it. You ready? So 
I want to keep it simple, no more than three things. I want it to be three things. I want you to pick one, pick the one that's right for you. How do we create an unstoppable psychology for prospecting? So it's the end of January. Pick one of these three and do it over and over and over and over just for this week and the entire month of February. And what's going to happen is you're going to strengthen and condition your psychology to make prospecting a no brainer for you. And when you do that, the benefits, Mark, how, many, how much money do they make? Five hours of prospecting a week, they make $200,000 or, $200, or more. I don't know if money's important to you. I mean, we're in business, um, so I would assume it is. You want to make more money. That was probably one of your New Year's resolutions, one of your goals. Well, here's the deal. Five hours equals $200,000 or more inside our survey of 3,000 people. So, ready? How do we do it? Number one, you got to get more reasons to prospect than you have excuses not to. So I literally want you to make up a list of all of the positive benefits of prospecting, all the positive benefits of prospecting. When I prospect, I know that I'm doing the right activities. I feel better about my business. I have no guilt, right? That's always a good one. I know when I prospect, I'm building up my pipeline as an example. So I list out all the benefits. I know when I prospect, I'm removing the doubt and worry about future income because I know I'm doing the right things, right? You know what it is? I was thinking about this. Um, you plant the seeds, you cultivate, and then you reap the rewards, right? You harvest. And, and many of us, we really get the reason why so many people fail, not just in real estate sales or in prospecting, but just in life, is we've got this psychology, this mindset that says, I wanna plant the seeds and harvest. I wanna plant the seeds and harvest. Well, here's the deal, like that immediate gratification doesn't really exist, my friends. You gotta plant the seeds, then you gotta cultivate. You got to pull the weeds, you got to nurture, you got to water, you got to put some sunshine, right? That cultivation process, like that's the pipeline that I want you to be thinking, that cultivation of this pipeline. Um, Jeff Thibodeau, right? One of our great coaches from up in Canada, been running Facebook ads since I first started talking about him three or four years ago. And he's got, you know, a thousand plus people in his marketplace mapped on a geofarm, you know, map. He knows all these people came and wanted to know the value of their home. He's cultivating and following up with all those people. And guess what? He did over 100 transactions last year. He's harvesting. He's harvesting. But see, he keeps buying the seeds. He keeps cultivating. And he keeps harvesting, right? So maybe one of the big benefits is you begin to say, hey, the more I prospect, the more seeds I plant, the more I follow up, aka prospecting, the more cultivating I'm doing. And then guess what? I always know in the future there's gonna be plenty for me to harvest. What an excellent metaphorical example of your like beginning of all the reasons why you should versus your excuses. Now, number two, create a massive accountability to act. So I know this, if you say to me, I want to prospect an hour a day, if I say to you, awesome, here's what I want you to do. I want you to make a check for a large sum of money payable to the political group you don't want to win coming up in November. You with me on this? I don't care which one it is. You just say, I just know I don't want that group to win, right? You make that check payable to that candidate or that group. And I take that check. And if you don't do your calls 
and check in with me every day. If you don't, I'm going to take that check and I'm going to first send it to him. But before I do, I'm going to take a photo and I'm going to run Facebook ads in your local marketplace with a photo of you and the check saying, you know, Taz wants to thank political group X with a donation of Y because he believes that what their mission is, blah, 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 blah. And I'm going to run Facebook ads targeted directly to everyone you know. Now, as I say that, I know when you talk politics, man, it gets under people's skin. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. Now, all of a sudden, you'll do more to avoid that pain than you will to harvest and make the money that you want. And that's okay. I'm creating massive accountability around pain that will cause you to follow through. Does that make sense? You see, if you don't have any painful consequence for not following through, go back to all those excuses we talked about on the last show. It's easy for you to not follow through. It's easy to say, I'll do it tomorrow. Or I've got something I've got to work on today that's way more important. Well, when is it? It's at four o'clock this afternoon. Well, you can't put in an hour today, right? We know the excuse-itis that we deal with. So create a massive painful accountability for not following through and you will align your behaviors very quickly. And then the last one, number three, is to celebrate every time you do it. I mean celebrate. So like I, you know, I take off my headset, I high five Sarah and go, yeah, baby, I did it. I made 15 calls. I talked to nine people. I got one hot lead. I got one potential person that wants to book an appointment. I got to follow up with tomorrow. But man, I planted some seeds. I started to cultivate. This is really awesome. And I am going to harvest. Yeah, and I did it. And most importantly, you know what? I said I was going to do it and I did it. I'm a man of my word. And that, at the end of the day, on my deathbed, when it says, born 1970, died whenever I die, that dash in the middle is going to be a dash that has integrity, that I know my boys can reflect back and say, you know what? He said he was going to do it, and he did it. And that's what matters to me. Does that make sense? So what's it going to be for you? What are you going to do? The question of the day is, I want to know, where have you struggled? What has it stopped? What stopped you? from making the calls, being as consistent as you know you need to be. And then I want to know number two, what are you going to do? So I want you to either post it on YouTube, on my Facebook page, on my Instagram account, send me a tweet. Let me know where you've struggled. You know, awareness is the first step of change. And then what's your commitment? Let me know, take massive action. Thanks for watching. Remember always, your strategy matters and now more than ever, your passion and consistency absolutely rules. If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.